0: Hey there, this is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to the Grace for a Journey podcast. So glad to have you with us. If you're new, well, welcome on in. We are in Matthew, and uh, we've been in Matthew 24 and 25 for a while. We've moved over to Matthew 26, and let me sort of tell you what's going on. Jesus is about to go to the cross. Uh, His betrayal is at hand, right? It's, It's coming, and so he's getting everything in line before he leaves. So he does something that has been fundamentally vital to the church since the Lord's resurrection. And that is he's instituting here in Matthew, the Lord's Supper. Now, I want to read it to you. And then we're going to go back and look at some of the reasons why there's been so much confusion and so much dissension on this. It, it doesn't, that was not the intent of Jesus. The intent of Jesus wasn't to cause division within the body of believers. It was to bring unity and remembrance and focus. So how did things get so messed up? Well, let's look at it. Let me read it to you. So in verse 26, it says this. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after, he, after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant of a new covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins i tell you i will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when i drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom all right so we know that churches have split and divided historically over the nature of communion right the big split came uh during the reformation now, prior to the Reformation, people were pretty united in what they had come to believe Jesus' is teaching. And I say believe because I think they were a little bit misled. So at the at the um at the Reformation, uh, Martin Luther began to believe that when Jesus said, This is my body and this is my cup, he believed that the literal body and blood of Jesus was co-mingled. It's called con or co-substantiation. That's the big theological word. was mixed in with the actual bread and the wine. Now, the bread and wine continued to exist, but the actual body and blood of Jesus was uh, mixed in there. Now, the Roman church believed in complete transubstantiation. They believed that when Jesus said this, what happens when the priests bless the elements? The elements supernaturally and actually physically transmute. They become something different. They become the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, during the time of the Reformation, you had some other guys weighing in uh, in speaking some theological uh, observations. People like uh, John Knox, uh, John Calvin, uh, uh, Baron von Zinzendorf, uh Ulrich Zwingli, right? Some of these guys. And they looked at it and said, no, it's it's really symbolic. Jesus is saying, hey, when you do this, remember what I did for you, and that should change your life. So fast forward to today. In today's world, the people who follow Zwingli and those guys would be people like the Baptists, uh, maybe the Church of Christ, uh, evangelicals. A lot of the Reformed folks would follow this. The people who would be more in line with Luther um, would be the Lutherans. (laughs) Hello. Um, The Episcopalians, probably a little bit more like that. And then there's a nuance to that where some Reformers and some of the Wesleyan folks like the Methodists fall in where they say this, they say the elements don't change, but there is a spiritual presence at communion that isn't like any other time or any other thing we do in the church calendar. Now, now, and then the Romans, of course, still believe that it actually physically transmutes. So let's break this down. And the best I can tell you what Jesus is saying. Uh, first of all, uh, these apostles listening to Jesus were not unfamiliar with uh, metaphors, with similes, with different parts of speech. And they also weren't familiar with symbolic actions that communicate spiritual truth, right? And Jesus often spoke in symbolic language. Matter of fact, later, uh, earlier in Matthew, Jesus said, look, if your right eye offends thee, pluck it out. If your tongue offends thee, cut it out. Was he actually, because he he went on to say, hey, it's better to go through life maimed than not enter the kingdom of God. But you see, people don't want to look at that as though it's literal. Same type of speech, same context, right? He was giving directions. He was giving um, spiritual direction uh, to the emerging church. So, Jesus used that kind of speech, and he's using that kind of speech here. Every one of these men in that room were Jews. There's an argument that maybe there was one Gentile there. They knew what it was like when a, a animal was slaughtered on behalf of them for their sins. And what would happen is the Jewish dad and the priest would lay their hands on the animal, and the the, the priest would bless it, and they would say something to the effect, you know, the sins of this family are now Uh, laying or come to bear on this animal. Then the priest would kill the animal. The blood would be shed and the family sins for that year would be atoned for. It's called atonement, right? They would be atoned for. So when Jesus is saying, this is my body and this is my blood, they're thinking back to that ram or that bull that they sacrificed. And they're saying, well, wait a minute. We know what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that, that in this cup is him. He is saying that he is going to take on himself our sins, our guilt, our shame, and when he dies, we will be forgiven. So every time we come to this table, we encounter the Lord in our memory, but we also encounter the Lord in a spiritual sense. Why do I say that? Over in 1 Corinthians 11, the Bible says that some have come to the table in an unworthy manner. In other words, they maybe they weren't real Christians or maybe they had a lot of unconfessed sin in their life or, or they were drunk because that was happening in the Corinthian church, as was a lot of other things. <laughs> and so and, and so Jesus says, look, um, uh, or, or, you know, this is my body and this is my blood. This is symbolic for me. But because you've come to the table in an unworthy manner. Well, Paul's writing here. He says some of you are going to get sick and some of you are going to die. Now, why do I think that sets communion apart from, let's say, baptism? Because nowhere does it say that about baptism. It doesn't say if you come to baptism wrong, you might have coming upon you immediate judgment for the violation of something sacred within the church. But 1 Corinthians 11 says, absolutely, this could be the case. So when Jesus says right here, he says, this is my body and this is my blood. He is saying, I am going to give my body and shed my blood for you. As often as you come to the table, remember what I've done and know that this is a spiritual time, a time for you to connect with me, maybe like you haven't at any other time. Now, when we come to communion like that, we don't get confused by a lot of other uh, rhetoric and dialogue. We, we are not distracted by some other theological considerations. We come with humble, thankful, grateful hearts saying, Jesus, because of you, I can go to heaven forever." And I have unbelievable grace for my journey. Let me pray for you. Well, Father, we love you so much and thank you for today. And now, Lord, as we live for you, help us to do so with passion and with clarity so we can make a difference all the days you give us. So in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, hey, thanks for joining in and we'll talk again next time.